You're listening to Forecast, the marketing podcast for professional services leaders. If you're looking to generate more leads, win more deals, and take your firm to the next level, this show is your shortcut. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the show. This is part two of our series on how to build a marketing action plan. In part one, we looked at the very first step, the most critical step, the step that will either set you up for success or failure, which is setting the right goals for your business. Now, the worst thing that you can do is not set goals at all, because if you don't have a goal, if you don't know what you want to achieve, you're probably going to achieve very little. And the second worst thing that you can do is to just set random goals, goals that are arbitrary, goals that you just kind of pull out of thin air for the sake of having goals, goals that neither tie into what you want to achieve in the long term, nor where you are here and now. So if you haven't yet listened to that first lesson, go back and do that first, and you'll come out with a list of goals for the year, goals that tie in to the vision that you have for your firm and for yourself, and goals that represent the next step that you need to take to make progress towards your vision. But if you're listening to this, then I can say with a high degree of confidence that you are not one of those people. You understand that goals are important. And you understand that you need to translate your goals into an action plan, which is the next step that we're going to look at in today's lesson. Because goals are nice and they're important. And we talked about the benefits of having goals in the previous lesson. But if you don't then carve out the critical path, if you don't identify the key activities that you need to execute on to achieve those goals, then you might as well call them dreams instead of goals. See, one of the reasons that goals are so powerful is that they're motivating. Goals represent where you want to be in the future. And if you do it right, your goals will ignite a fire inside you that propels you forward. But eventually, likely sometime over the next few weeks, that fire will burn out. And this process will no longer be novel and you'll no longer have the motivation that you have right now because you'll be confronted with the very real challenges and obstacles, both external and internal that stand in the way of you and your goals. And if you think you can push through those challenges with brute force, with sheer willpower and discipline and dedication and commitment, then you're sadly mistaken. Because what often happens is you may not give up on your goals altogether, but you'll find something else to distract you from your goals. You'll find some other focus that you'll convince yourself is really important and has to come first and has to be a priority. And you'll tell yourself whatever you need to hear to numb the pain of knowing that you're not making progress on your goals. And that's going to happen. I can all but guarantee it unless you're the only exception that I've ever met. Now, the best thing that you can do to plan for that moment, to plan for that inevitability of hitting that wall and getting distracted because you're confronted with the real challenges that stand in your way is to develop a really, really concrete and detailed action plan. How will an action plan help you push through? It's really simple. When you're executing your marketing plan week in, week out, and you hit a roadblock or you get really busy or you're losing confidence maybe in the plan or in yourself, or you just have a million things going on, the last thing that you want to do is think about what you need to do next to achieve your goals. That is valuable mental energy that you're not going to have at certain junctures of this journey. If it's not immediately clear to you what you need to do, chances are you're not going to do it. 
So your action plan takes the guesswork out of what you need to do next. It lays out in no uncertain terms exactly what you need to do week in, week out, and maybe even day in, day out to achieve your goals. Now, how do you build such an action plan? There are a few ways to go about doing this, and it does kind of come down to personal preference. There's no one way to do it, but I'm going to tell you what works best for me. The first step is to turn your quarterly goals into monthly goals. Now, in the last lesson, we went through the goal setting process and we stopped at quarterly goals. Quarterly goals are really signposts or milestones along the way to your annual goal. If you set your quarterly goals properly, you can effectively ignore your annual goal because often it's big, it's intimidating, and you're not really quite sure how to get there. But a quarterly goal is much more immediate. It's real, it's tangible, it's doable, and you can put together a plan of action to achieve it. Now, I find it really helpful to break down your quarterly goal even further into a monthly goal, and I'll tell you why. Because if you're starting at the beginning of the quarter, let's say it's you know March, beginning of Q2, and you've got March, April, May ahead of you, and you've got a goal for Q2 that you want to achieve by the end of May, for you to sit down and write down everything that you need to do between week one and week 12 of the second quarter, I think is a very challenging task. It's very daunting because you don't really know what's going to happen by the end of the quarter. And likely what happens in week 12 will depend largely on what happens in weeks eight to 10, which will depend largely on what happens in weeks five to eight, which will depend largely on what happens in weeks one to three and four. So instead of mapping out this really detailed plan for the entire quarter, I would break down your quarterly goal even further into a monthly goal for, in our case, Q2 would be March April and May. I'm sorry, apparently I don't know what my months are and how they fit into quarters. What I meant was Q2 being April, May, June. So when you define where you need to be by the end of the month to be on track for your quarterly target, then you'll know that if you make your month, you'll make your quarter. And if you make your quarter, you'll make your year. And that should give you a high degree of confidence to be able to follow through and execute on your plan. And this also acts as a good gut check on your quarterly goals. In the same way that a quarterly goal is a gut check on your annual goal, if you can't foresee a reasonable path to achieving your annual goal quarter by quarter, then your annual goal is probably out of whack. It's probably some pie-in-the-sky goal that's not grounded in reality. By the same token, if you can't map out a path over the course of three months to achieve your quarterly goal, then something's wrong there. It's better that you identify that that goal is out of whack or is not grounded in reality now at the beginning of the quarter than when it's too late. Now, setting monthly goals also gives you the flexibility to determine how you'll achieve your quarterly goals because you may have a month here and there that you know will be busier than others. Maybe a lot of client deliverables are lined up for a particular month, or maybe you're traveling, or maybe you have other commitments to attend to. So this allows you to build some flexibility into your plan based on how busy you're going to be month to month, or maybe even some seasonalities in your business. Now, this monthly goal setting process, I only recommend doing it once a month. So once you've got your quarterly goals lined up, then before the beginning of the next month, I want you to sit down and look at the quarterly target and ask yourself, where do I want to be by the end of this coming month to make sure that I'm on track to achieve my quarterly goal? And then do the same thing before the beginning of every month. The second step is to turn those monthly goals into a weekly action plan. So now that you have monthly goals, the next step is to determine what needs to happen on a week-to-week -week basis to achieve your monthly goal. 
Now, this is really where the rubber hits the road. Up until now, between your vision and your annual goals and your quarterly goals and your monthly goals, it's still a little bit vague. It's still a little bit high level. It's still not entirely concrete and actionable because we don't think about execution on an annual or a quarterly or a monthly basis. We think about execution on a weekly basis. If you think about your current workflow, you probably plan your work one week at a time. You sit down at some point during the week, whether it's the end of the week or the beginning of the week, and you look at your commitments for the week. You look at your calendar. You look at how many meetings you have. You look at where you need to be on a day-to-day basis. You look at how you're going to fit in your work and the gaps in your calendar, and you plan yourself on a weekly basis. And what we want to do is we want to take all of your marketing and business development and sales activities And we want to boil those down into a weekly action plan that can integrate into your weekly workflow. So here's how this works. When you sit down before the beginning of the month to set out your monthly goals, the monthly goals that will ensure that you're on track to achieve your quarterly goals, which will ensure that you're on track to achieve your annual goals, which will ensure that you're on track to achieve your vision. When you write down your monthly goals, I want you to write down what needs to happen every week to achieve those goals. And this is not necessarily the detailed steps. This is more the deliverables or the projects or the milestones, the high level steps or the high level critical path to achieving those monthly goals between week one, week two, week three, and week four. So for example, let's say your goal for the month is to close one new client. And that ties into your goal of closing three new clients for the quarter. So now what needs to happen every single week this month for you to achieve that goal? Well, let's say that you know that you need to have 10 discovery meetings for every one new client that you sign. So you've got a roughly a 10% conversion rate between discovery meeting and client. And you also know that to secure 10 discovery meetings, you need to reach out to about 40 prospects from your pipeline with a meeting request. So on the month, you need to reach out to 40 prospects to secure 10 discovery meetings to close one new client. So now on a weekly basis, you got a really clear and specific target. Your target for every single week of the four weeks within that month is to reach out to 10 prospects to request a meeting. Now you can see where this is really powerful because now you don't need to think about closing 10 new clients on the year or even three new clients for the quarter or even one new client for the month. You don't need to get caught up in what that entails and how intimidating that might be and what challenges might stand in your way. Now you can simply focus on, okay, I just need to send 10 requests for a discovery meeting to the prospects that are already in my pipeline. That's where I need to focus my time and my attention and my energy on. And I know that if I do that, I'm on track to achieving all those other goals. Now let's look at another example that ties into this one. Let's say that you've identified in your marketing funnel that the way that you'll attract leads and get them into your pipeline at the top of the funnel is by publishing articles on LinkedIn and sending direct connection requests to target prospects on LinkedIn. So now we know that you want to reach out to 40 prospects from your pipeline every single month to close that one new client. So let's say to help make sure that your pipeline is always full and always growing, you want to add 50 new prospects into your pipeline every single month. And to add 50 prospects into your pipeline, you need to publish an article on LinkedIn every single week and send 100 connection requests to target prospects every single week. So again, now we have something really, really concrete that on a weekly basis, you're going to reach out to 10 prospects that are already in your pipeline to request a meeting. You're going to write and publish an article on LinkedIn, 
and you're gonna send 100 connection requests to target prospects on LinkedIn so that you can add them to your pipeline if they accept your request. Now, the details here are not important, but I wanna show you how to go about translating a quarterly into a monthly goal and then a monthly goal into a weekly action plan. And what's critical to note here is that the weekly action plan is not a goal that you achieve, it's a step that you take. So you don't wanna say, this week I wanna close half a client because that's not possible. Or even to say, this week I wanna close two or three clients. What you wanna say is, this week I need to do these things. I need to send these many emails, make these many calls, publish these articles, and in doing so, you'll be on track to achieve your goals for the month and for the quarter and for the year. Finally, the third and final step in your action plan is to turn your weekly plan into a daily plan. And I know what you're thinking, this guy is out of his mind. <laughs> first, first he started with a vision and then an annual goal and then a quarterly goal and then a monthly goal and then a weekly action plan. And now he's talking about a daily action plan. This is insane. You're right, it is a little bit insane. But I'm telling you, if you don't go to these lengths, if you don't go and take these steps to ensure that you're consistently executing on your marketing plan, it's just not going to happen because you'll get busy. And when you get busy, your priorities will shift. When your priorities shift, your goals and the long-term business building activities that will drive the ball forward will get neglected. So yeah, it sounds like a bit much, but trust me, this is the kind of rigor that's required to make sure that you're consistently executing day in and day out and week in and week out. And this step is fairly simple, and you should already be doing something like this in your weekly planning process. Then on a weekly basis, again, whether it's the end of the week or the beginning of the week, I don't really care. It's up to you. It's personal preference. But at some level, you should be planning, okay, here's what I'm doing this week. Here are my client deliverables. Here are the meetings I have to attend. Here's where I have to be. Here's where I'm commuting to, and so on and so forth. So simply as part of that planning process, I want you to put in your marketing activities. That now that you have a weekly action plan that you know on a given week, I need to send 40 emails to prospects. I need to publish a LinkedIn article. I need to send these many LinkedIn requests. And this is between you and your team, right? You might have assistants that help out with some of this stuff and that's great. But now that you have all that in place, put it on your calendar. When is it actually going to happen? In my experience, if it doesn't get on your calendar, it doesn't get done. So maybe you set aside you know, two, three hours on a Monday morning or a Friday afternoon, or maybe you do a little bit of business development and marketing work every single day, first thing in the morning for 30 minutes or one hour, whatever it may be, that comes down to your preference and the way that you prefer to work, but put it on your calendar. Make sure you have time on your calendar to do this stuff and make sure you have enough time that if you think that this is all gonna take you, you know, five or six hours and you've only got two hours in the calendar, that's probably not gonna work. Now, the fourth and final step here is really one of the most important steps, and it's to have a weekly accountability meeting, that you want to have an accountability partner. You want to have somebody that you get together with, you know, could be in person in your office, could be a phone call where you report on what you did this week and how much progress you've made towards your goals and whether or not there's a delta or a variance between what you said you were going to do this week, what you planned on doing this week, and what you actually got done. Studies have shown that you are five times more likely to follow through on a commitment if you have to report back to somebody about it. This is something that I do myself in my business is I have an accountability partner where we get together. It's a 30-minute phone call once a week. It's not that laborious. It's 30 minutes, and I have to report on what I did on, during the week, 
what I planned on doing during the week, why there was a difference, and what I'm going to do differently next week to make sure that I get my work done. Now, if you have partners or a team, then this step is pretty easy. Just simply schedule a weekly accountability meeting for your team, make sure everyone is present, and make sure that they all report on the progress that they made during the week and report on the variance. And if somebody didn't get everything done on their list, if they didn't get the work done that they wanted to get done, they need to think about why. What happened? What got in the way? What distracted them from their goals and what shifted their priorities? And then think about how to solve that problem next week. Now, the goal here is not to shame or to embarrass people. In fact, every single week, yourself and your team members will have a variance. It's perfectly natural. If you're showing up to these meetings every single week and you've done everything you said you wanted to do, then you're probably doing it wrong or you're lying because that's virtually impossible. There's always going to be a variance. The key is to learn. Learn from your mistakes. Learn from you know what happens during the week, what gets in your way, what shifts your priorities, what distracts you. Identify those, become mindful of what those things are so you can start to chip away at them one at a time. So that's a wrap on this lesson. Again, if you haven't yet joined us inside our free course on the five P's of lead generation for professional services firms, you're gonna wanna check that out over at fiveleadgen.com. You can spell out five or use the number, either one works. That's fiveleadgen.com. Also, if you haven't yet subscribed to the show on iTunes, go and do that right now. Open up iTunes, type in forecast marketing, find the show on the list there, hit subscribe, and while you're at it, leave us a rating and a review. It helps more people discover the show, and I will be forever grateful. Thank you. Thank you.